What's up, what's up? Got some chicken wings on the stage. It's going to distract me. Come on. Come on. Why are you kicking backwards? Would you see that? That's weird. Good to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? We good? Good. Are you excited to be in the house of God today? Are you excited to hear what God has spoken into me for you? Because let me tell you, God's been downloading a lot, and today is your lucky day because you actually came, and God um, has spoken so that you will hear. So this is, this is going to be my, my encouragement for you today. If you will put yourself in a position to be able to receive, then I promise you God will speak to you. And so can we just do that real quick? Can we just kind of position ourselves real quick in, in the position to be able to hear from God? Can you do that real quick with me? You, you might say, Isaiah, how do you do that? Here's what you do. You eliminate all distraction. So look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, be quiet. Okay, that's good. Look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, you've been annoying the daylights out of me. Please be quiet. No, I'm kidding. If you'll position yourself today, I promise you God wants to speak to you. He has a word for you um, that he has downloaded into me. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to share today. It's Super Bowl Sunday. This is true. We don't have a lot of fans in the house, I hear. It's okay. I don't celebrate sports either. I don't even really know who's playing today. I'm just kidding. It's the Patriots versus the Packers. I get it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. The Falcons. What? 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 It's the Falcons, and you know they're going to win because their motto is, rise up. So true. So true. Falcons have one of my favorite quarterbacks, Brett Favre. He has been killing it for years, and I'm so excited to be able to... Uh, have him a part of the screen tonight. Um, I thought it was really funny that they chose me to, to speak for Super Bowl because I have no clue about sports. Like, I don't do sports. That's just not me. I've, I grew up in a house. My dad would watch football every once in a while, but I didn't. I was outside. I liked motors. I liked to be outside in the dirt getting dirty. It was just, that was me. I was never inside watching sports. If I was doing it, I was playing it. And I didn't really know the rules because I didn't really listen as a kid. So I didn't really know the rules. I would just kind of do it and when they told me that I was doing it wrong, I would change what I was doing. So, like, I don't really even understand the whole thing. I know there's touchdowns, but then when you get into other sports like soccer, what is that considered? Is that a touchdown? Is that a home run? It's a goal. I'm not that stupid. Okay? So, like, all these sports have so many different rules. Why couldn't we have all the same rules? for Like, call them all the same thing. We're making a point. Can't we just call it making a point? No, you got to make it confusing. I have to be confused. So to watch the screen, I get more annoyed than it helps me. Like, does that make sense? And all you guys, you play like the fantasy football and everything. You know more about fantasy football than you probably know about the Bible. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know sports, so I had to dig you somehow. But you studied all these different players for so long. You know everything that they're going to do. You know who to put in the right place. I don't even know how to f play fantasy football. What do you do? Do you just fantasize about footballs? <laughs> like, what is that? 
But you know how to like stack all your men in there and every time every game wins, you're like, oh yeah, I know that Jimmy's going to wear his red tights tonight and he's going to kill it. Right? But you, I, I would encourage you, wherever you're at in your life, today to get serious not only about the game, but to stop playing the game of life and to start getting serious about your word. Because what's in the word is true. And what comes from the word is good. He's good. He's always been good. And if we'll rely on him and not in the things of this earth, I promise you there is success in your future. And so let's rely on him today. So open up your ears because God has a lot for you today. Um, I promise you that. And so just position yourselves in a, in a position to be able to receive. Um, if you are annoyed with me already, I apologize. But take your, take your things down. Okay, Take all your guards down. I'm not that annoying. I married a woman that loves me, so you know that there is love in the world that can love this, okay? <laughs> so if you're sitting there today and be like, dude, this, joy, this guy just needs to get off the stage, just take your, take your guards down, because I promise you it's not me speaking today. It is God, and uh, he has something for you today, amen? Amen. I want to talk to you today from the, the premise of the power of team. Okay, the power of team. Everybody say that with me. Say the power of team. The power of team. That was a little, uh, let, let's go again. Ready? The power of team. 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 Team is important. Okay, your, your team that you're voting for today, or not voting for, <laughs> I don't know why you would vote for them, but if you are going to vote for them, okay. The team that you're rooting for today is the team you're going home to really, really put on everything. I mean, literally, Robin E. Ray DeGrable today came prepared to root for their favorite team, okay? They dress their children that have no choice. That's in the Bible somewhere. Not giving your children choice of team, Rob. You should listen. Okay, they're, they're repping terrible towel, hardcore today. All day, shaking it hard. Two towels represented. They even had the baby covered up for warmth with the terrible towel this morning. That's a good thing. But you're going home to root for your team all in. And so can we take our moments today as we talk about the power of team and root for the one and only God that has sent his son to die on a cross for you and for me, that spoke truth into a book that has revolutionized the way we live life, the way we look at life, and the way we react to life. Today is an important day for me because it's not only Super Bowl Sunday, but I get to worship God today. I get to come into his house. I get to praise his name. I get to learn. Today I get to teach. And I feel like God is so good. He's been, he's been so good. And I want to I talk today from the passage of Luke in Luke 5, chapter 5, verse 1, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little more from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water 
and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I want to talk to you today about about 12 guys. I want to talk to you today about Jesus' team. I want to talk to you today about the power of a team. You see, Jesus chose specifically the 12 men that he wanted to surround himself with. Not that, that they were surrounding him, giving him wisdom, but 12 men that he wanted to surround around him that he would be pouring into. He's got Simon, and, and he was known as Peter. He's got Andrew. I mean, he's got, he's got these men that... If you really look at their background, there's nothing special about them. He's got these 12 guys that he, he, he just kind of came about. And, and Matthew, I mean, the tax collector, do you know what a tax collector was looked like at back in the day? They were hated. And, and here's somebody that, that, that Jesus looked at and said, you know what? I'm going to take that, and I'm going to transform it into a follower of the Heavenly Father. And I, I want to look here at, at, in verse 10, skipping halfway down the verse. It says what, what Jesus was saying, don't be afraid from now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything, and followed him. So, so when Jesus asked, they listened. Back up a little bit. Go back up to verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Isn't that just like us to complain about everything? Now, he's getting to the point where he's going to say, listen, I'll go cast out the nets because you said so. But first, I'm going to use my worldly rights, and I'm going to go ahead and complain a little bit. Because I can't, right? Your children are born into this world. What do they do from birth? They complain. Number one, they complain because they don't have milk. 
Next, it's I don't get what I want. I don't want to share. I don't want to give my toy up to that kid. I don't want to bring those people over to my house. Why do I have to eat that? Do I have to watch this show? That's boring. Can I do this instead of that? Why are we not outside? Why are we inside? Why do I have to go to my room? Why do I have to go to sleep? Can I get up now? Can I get out now? Can I go to the bathroom now? Yes, it's your turn. Go, right? Why is there always complaining? Because they've come into this world not knowing the respect level of keeping it to yourself. Right? And the funniest part is there's a lot of you in this room today that still haven't learned how to keep it to yourself. Facebook is your number one. You jump on Facebook and you list things and quote things and tell things and share things because you are going to be the end of all problems. With your 180 followers. You're just awesome. The world looks up to you. I'm not downing you. I'm just, I'm just stating a fact. And, and here's the deal. Here, this, is, this is the deal. Some of us haven't learned how to keep back what we should be keeping back. And so we share everything. And when we share everything, this is the result of sharing everything. The power of team goes out the window because now you are the captain. And so what you start to do is turn people away and shoot people away that, that shouldn't be around you because you know all. And what happens is you start to lose what should be respected in you. You start to lose that with people around you. I'm going to be real today, okay? Is that okay? I know we're all staring hardcore, but I'm going to be real today because God's downloaded this into me and I don't want to leave anything out. And so what he shared to me, I'm going to share to you. Send my dad an email after service. <laughs> Simon replied in verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, Dr. Phil says when there's a but in there, it eliminates all that you said before. So Dr. Phil says, and what Dr. Phil says, I believe. <laughs> Let's just be real. So whenever you say the word but, and I remember when me and Brittany first got married, we would do this thing where, you know, we'd kind of state all of our stuff, and then at the end we'd say, but, I know all that's, that's good, and you, you did in that, but, and I'm like, you just eliminated everything you just said, okay? It's gone. I don't even listen to it anymore, because Dr. Phil said that once you say but, it's gone, right? So it's all eliminated. So he says, but, so everything he said before that is gone, because you say so, I will let down the nets just because you said so. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. I wonder at this moment, I wonder when the nets were breaking, I wonder if Simon was replaying in his mind what he had complained to Jesus about just 10 minutes prior. I wonder if he was saying to himself, you ever have those moments where you have a conversation with someone, you say something you regret, and 10 minutes later you're like, man, I wish I didn't say that. I wonder if Simon was having one of those moments where he was regretting the thing that he had just said. I wonder if he was thinking to himself, wow, he was right. I shouldn't have complained. I really should have kept it to myself. The power of team now has turned into me knowing it all and saying, well, God, I guess I'm just going to trust you then. Instead of saying, God, if you say it, then I'm going to do it. 
And so what he's done now is he did it. He did it. How many of us still do it, but we complain all the way through it? Somebody needs to write that down right now. How many of you do it, but you complain all the way through it? God wants you to know today that you don't have to complain. You can keep your mouth shut and still do it, and you'll still get the same results. But you will just be happier on the other side. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that the boats began to sink. Come on. How many of you know when God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it? He never goes halfway. He never does anything just a little bit. He goes all the way in. I'm not only going to fill your nets. They're going to start to break. You're going to yank them into your boat, and then the boats are going to begin to sink. You're going to need a bigger and a better boat to house what I have for you. And that's, that's what I'm praying over this church for 2017, that our nets will start to break because of so much coming into this house, we can't hold it. You should get excited about that. I'm praying so much favor that, that you have to start giving money away because it's too much for your bank to hold. When you call your accountant, he's going to be like, yo, if we lose your business, we lose our bank because you have all the money in this place. How cool would it be, and just play along with me, you know, we always play the game, um, if you had a million dollars, what would you do with it, right? Just, uh, well, I mean, what would you do if you had a million dollars, right? Everybody that's a Christian would always say, I'm going to give 10% to the church, and I'm probably going to give a little bit of offering after that, okay? A little bit of gifts. That's the good spiritual godly response. But the selfish response is, man, I'm going out. I'm getting a whole new wardrobe. I'm going to get a bigger house. I'm getting a bigger car. I'm going to waste so much gas you can't see straight. I'm going to go, and I'm going to bless every homeless person everywhere. When I see people, I'm going to give it. And then you get that million dollars. Let's just play a little game. That you actually get the money. And what happens? All of a sudden, it becomes, oh. you see it? It says a million. Right? And then all of a sudden, that giving spirit that you wanted to give to all the homeless and you wanted to buy all this good stuff, it all becomes selfish and inside. And the power of team has now become the power of personal benefit. And God wants you to know today that wherever you're at, that what you give, you will receive back tenfold. And I am praying that over each and every household this year that you will get tenfold of what you're giving. That God will pour out blessing, not only financially. Yes, money makes the world go round. But my God owns the world. And I pray that over your family. I pray that over your business. I pray that over your job site. I pray that over you dads, over you moms, over your children. That God will pour out tenfold anything and everything that you've believed in. I pray that God blows your mind. You ask for 10, you're going to receive 20. You ask for 100, you're going to receive 200. You're going to get tenfold. You're going to get double the portion that you give out in your time. How many is time so hard to give up? Time is tough. 
Somebody asks for your time, you're like, oh, man, I'd give you 100 bucks right now just not to have to hang out with you. <laughs> right? I just, honestly, take my money. But my time is so important that I can't give it to you. How, how many are like that? Is it, is it just... Is it just me? I mean, literally, when me and Brittany first started, uh, when we first got married, I had a problem where I would give my time everywhere else. Um, I was, you know, people would ask for my, for my time. I would give it. I was like, yeah, man, I'll help you, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll be there. And I would start to give my time out. And what happened was I started to give my time out so much that what I loved most started to suffer. I just spoke to somebody. Because you've been doing the same thing. You've been neglecting what you needed to give time to. You've been neglecting your word. And God says, get into your word and I'll pour out. But you've been neglecting it because you've been busy. And when you're busy, everything else becomes more important than the reason that we're actually here on earth. And God says if you'll refocus your attention, if you'll refocus your vision, if you'll refocus your mind, your heart, your soul, What you've been dreaming for will come to pass. Amen. I was down in the, in the basement this week um, just praying. I was down there. I can make a nice good circle in the basement. I, when, I, when I start to pray, I like to, you know, like walk and pace and whatever. I don't know. It's a weird thing that I do, but I love it. And so I was just kind of getting in, in um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm so ADHD that I have to get, like, my mind cleared of everything. Anybody else like that? I just have to clear my mind. And so if I can just go down and start to pace and be like, okay, God, start to speak to me, then God just starts to kind of fill me up. Well, I didn't know this, but I was, I was down there, and all of a sudden my son Roman came down the stairs. He loves to come down and uh, visit every once in a while. Uh, comes down diaper only because that's my boy. Um, there's an age limit, though. He has to start wearing clothes uh, at some point. Um, so he comes down, he surprised me, and I'm, I'm down there just praying. And I'm walking around, and I have my hands raised, right? And I'm, I'm just down there uh, walking around. I, I make a circle, and I have a few mirrors uh, from moving that are set up kind of around the, the basement. I'm walking around, I have my hands raised, and I looked up, and I caught in the reflection of the mirror a shadow. My, my son is behind me, and I have worship music on. It's, it's playing, and, and it was some elevation song. And, and, and I'm pacing like this, and I have my hands raised, and I, I caught a shadow, and he is behind me, no joke. And when I pray, I get an angry face. I'm like, come on, God, you're going to do it right. No, it's all day. Right? I, I glance up, and when I saw him, the reflection of me was him with his hands raised and an angry face on. <laughs> and he's literally two fists high, just angry facing. He's like. And I was like, okay, that is a moment right there that I want to capture forever. And I want to remember this moment because what he is doing is imitating what he sees. And what God saw in these 12 men, what Jesus saw in these 12 men was that, hey, if I can get a hold of a few fishermen, if I can get a hold of a, a tax collector, if I can get a hold of a zealot, then I, can, I, I promise you that I can make them and mirror them to me. Are they going to be perfect? But are they going to strive to be like me? Yes. And the mirror of me maybe didn't understand exactly what he was doing. He just knew to mirror my image. Right? Do you really think that Roman knows Jesus? <laughs> I definitely believe he doesn't. I have prayed over that kid, love him to death. 
but he needs to meet Jesus. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, maybe I'm not. But Roman has no clue about it yet. He's two. Give my son a break. Get off his back, okay? <laughs> Roman has no clue what he's doing, but all he's doing is mirroring the image of what he sees he wants to be. Now, you can get jealous of me that my son wants to be like me, but he wants to be like me. And I love every minute of it. When he gets on the drums and tries to imitate his daddy, it is the proudest moment of my life. When he sees me, we, we act out to music, and we'll, we'll put music on in the house, and we'll, like, rock out on our guitars, and he gets his angry face on, and he rocks out on his guitar because he sees me, and then I'll start to hop on one foot, and then he starts to hop on one foot, and then I'll start to do something else, and he mirrors my image, and then I'll start to run around the house like a crazy maniac, and he will run around the house like a crazy maniac. Why? Because he wants to imitate the person that he wants to be like. And I wonder today, if you would start to mirror the image of what you want to be like, I wonder if maybe you didn't understand it all, but I wonder if you gave it all that God would help you to understand it all. And let me promise you something. Roman will understand who Jesus is in due time. Roman will understand who his daddy is fully in due time. The image that he is now following will soon become the image that he carries. Surround yourself with who you want to become like. And therefore, you will become like them. Surround yourself with who you don't want to be like and who you are trying to change. And I'm sorry to inform you, you will become like them and soon regret who you have become. Some of you missed that and you shouldn't have. I want to talk to you today about the net. The net. I am not a fisherman. I had to rent this. <laughs> it's Richie Reinheimer's. I knew, I knew I could rely on him. But do, don't I look good, Anthony? You know I look good right now. You know I know I look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Come on, baby. I got worms in my pockets. I'm ready. A little bit of stale toast. I'm good to go. Going to catch me some sunnies. The net. Everybody say the net. The net. This net represents just a few of the backgrounds of the disciples, okay? I'm not stating that all 12 were, uh, that all 12 were fishermen. I just want, I want you to understand that where these men came from was, was normalcy, okay? They were nothing special. They were no greater than you and me. And the net, the net, the net, the net was not asked to be put down, okay? So Jesus was talking, and he said, if you'll cast out your nets on the other side for a catch, just watch what will happen. They caught a lot of fish. Now, me, I would have been like, yo, Jesus, tomorrow, same time, same place, right? I can make millions off of you, son. Like, this is good. Me and you business partners, man. Nobody else. Let's, do, let's get a contract, right? But, but, but the net, the, that which 
had caught so much and had major success in one moment, the next moment was asked to be changed. Now, he said, put down your nets and come follow me. We're going to catch someone else. But I just want to change it up a little bit and and just uh, maybe help you realize that the net was really never put down. See, he just changed what they were catching. So I want to talk to you in the sense uh, uh, like this. Your past, the net, is your testimony. And some of you are in this place today and you want to get rid of your testimony because you're not proud of it. But God says, if you will use what you were to benefit that which you have changed into, the net will be somebody else's salvation. So, yeah, that's good. You can clap there. That's good. If five people are going to clap, everybody's got to clap. Go ahead. That was just awkward. I felt, I felt like I was on the golf course with Tim Brown. Birdie putt, baby. Let's go. I don't necessarily think that we need to put down our net, but I think we need to carry it to remind us of where we came, and God just changed what we were catching. And I wrote down, I wrote down uh, uh, that which was my normal will now be history. But I, God, want to use your strength. So don't get rid of your net. Just change what you are catching. Is that on the screen? Good, you can write it down. Go ahead. You need it. I needed it. Don't get rid of your testimony because you are ashamed of it, but use it to change the perspective of someone who can't see the light right now. Don't be ashamed. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be ashamed. I find it, I find it, I find it cool that That even though Simon Peter was struggling at first, oh, we've been working all day. I find it cool that he decided that it would be smarter to listen than to reject the wisdom. I find that cool. Because it shows me that Simon Peter was human. And that Jesus wasn't really worried about where they came from. He was just worried about where they were going. And when he picked his team, he wasn't picking the all-stars. He was actually going and picking the underdogs, which proves to me that I can actually be a part of God's team. Right? That means every single person in this church is willing and able, that is willing and able, you are able, maybe you're just not willing, God will use you. And he'll use you for the greater good. Three points that I want to I point out. If you're going to be a part of God's team, then you're going to need these three things. The first one is a no-brainer, a duh. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. It's prayer. Everybody say prayer. 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 
In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We had it as a church verse, 714, every day, whether a.m. or p.m. We were all praying together as a church. Who still does 714 prayer? Wow, we still have people that are doing it. This is awesome. So good. Very impressed. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So God knew right there, he knew that we were not a humble nation. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves. And by humbling ourselves, we put ourselves in a position to be able to receive. You see, sometimes... um, Maybe you're in, uh, maybe you go to somewhere where someone gets up on stage and you're just not having it. You cross the arms, you're like, nope, I wrote them off. And God says, hey, listen, if you'll just humble yourself and put yourself into a position to receive, there is something here for you. You can take home a nugget. You can take home the whole, what do they offer at McDonald's now? It's like a 97-pack. I mean, literally, of nuggets. Like, what, what is the new thing? It's like, buy 100, get 100 free. McDonald's is, like, loaded, okay? You got to head over to McDonald's after this for a good meal. Get some warm french fries with Pastor Greg. No, we're done with the french fries. That's right, moms, amen in that one. Done with the french fries. You need prayer. You need prayer. You need prayer. You need prayer. Second of all, you need praise. You got to get prayer, but you have to have the praise. Daniel 4, 34, it says, But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. So this Nebuchadnezzar guy, anybody know the man Nebuchadnezzar? Good old Nebi. Anybody know Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, he built a statue. Basically an altar set up so that his people could bow down and worship him. Right? And, and, and these three dudes, these three dudes, what were their names again? Right, I forgot it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right. Those are the three dudes. Those are the legends. Those are the team players that you want on your team. Those are the dudes that stood up for what was right. And you see, when King Nebi got up and he was like, I want everybody to bow and I'm going to play my flutes and, 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 and harpies and, and ukuleles and everything, when I play all that stuff, I want you all to bow down. And when everybody bowed down, who was standing up? The three idiots. You do know what's on the other side of you standing up, right? It's a flame that's heated seven times hotter for your sorry three little heinies. You do understand this, right? You do, you do get the, the repercussions of your standing. You do understand that, right? And they were so willing to take on the flame that they could not even imagine giving up on their God. So 
<laughs> what happened? King Nebi's like, send him off. You don't bow, you get burned. They stepped into the fire, what happened? They okay, right? Literally, they're all right. Why are they okay? Duh, because God stepped in. I knew he was going to as I was reading the story, okay? I didn't even get to the end of the book yet, and I already knew that God was going to step in. Anticlimactic. Right? You see, when I read the Bible, every story I read, I already know what the ending is going to be because it's like, oh, my word, yeah, Jesus is going to step in. But yet when I live my own life, I, I question. Hmm. You all already knew the end of the story. You knew that Jesus was going to be standing in there, and the only thing that was going to be singed off him was the ropes. They didn't even smell like fire. I just burned a fire yesterday. I reeked all day. It was awful. I had sap on my hands. I smelled like fire. I came in. I was like, I am a real man. <laughs> you already know the end of the story. So what's the point of fearing the result? You see, some of you need to hear this today to step out, praise God before you actually see what you're praising him for, because God will show up, he will provide, he will deliver you from the fire that you put yourself in, but you put yourself in there for the right reasons. Prayer, praise, last but not least, persistence. If you're going to get through this power team that we call God's team, you're going to need some persistence because you can have the prayer, you can have the praise, but if you ain't got persistence, you're not getting to the end because every Christian that I know, when you first get saved, dude, it's, it's like all-star time. Like you are on the VIP uh, waiting list. You got, you know, all the, the valet parking. Everything is dope, right? I mean, you literally pull up to your house. Jesus is waiting on your front porch. You walk through the threshold, Angel Gabriel slaps you in the forehead with blessing. You crawl into your sheets that are laid over with the blood of the lamb. You turn on your water to get a shower in the morning. It is not only hot, but it has heaven steam. You are breathing in the vapors of Vicks, Jesus' Vicks. You get into your car, and what do you know? There's an air freshener in there. God sent. Everything is magical when you first get saved. You pray a prayer, it gets answered because I was believing for it. You're walking along, a stone almost trips you. You step over it. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Is this, is this not right? It's fresh. It's new. It's clean. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I can't even express to you how much I love him. First thing comes along. <laughs> that doesn't agree with your Christian walk. And all of a sudden, where are you, God? The blood of the lamb on the sheets, that's gone. Doesn't smell like Vicks 
paper in the shower anymore. I got the devil scent running on in my car. Yeah, that stone, I got a sliced knee. Thanks, God. Really appreciate who you are, God. You're good to me every day. Right? And this happens over time because what happens over time is our persistence that we had at the beginning that was pushing through has now become the backseat driver that we have chosen to sit in. And so now we've chosen to take ourselves out of the front and put ourselves in the back. God was at the wheel. Now we have no clue who is at the wheel. And we're just telling them everywhere to turn. Turn right. Watch the car. Red light. Green. Green. It's green. Anybody else's wife like to yell the green? <laughs> Brittany loves to yell the green. It's awesome. I'm looking. I, I see the green. I was moving my foot from the brake to the gas. I grew up with a mother that when it comes to driving, she is the worst co-pilot known to man. And I mean that, like hands down, I've ridden with a lot of people. She is the worst co-pilot. You do not want to drive her anywhere. If you are offering a ride to Pastor Christie, you don't ride with her, okay? I am warning you. You will either die yourself or almost have a heart attack. She makes this creative, uh, you know, like in driver's ed when they have the brake on their side? She has one of those. It doesn't exist, but there's a hole in the ground where she puts her foot through to stop the car. It is scary. But isn't it amazing how we take our walk with God so serious at the beginning, and then over time we lose our persistence with pursuing who God is, pursuing his word, pursuing prayer, pursuing praise, and pretty soon we've, we've ended up in a spot where we don't really know who's in charge. You've tried to take control, but you can't. You're figuring that out, but you really don't know who's in control. And now you're in a spot where you're questioning who really is in charge. When God Almighty never got out of charge, you just changed the position of your captain. You took your eyes off of him, and you started paying attention to the punter. I just took it to football, and I don't even really know what I'm talking about in football, but I'm going to go here. Your coach gives you a cue. He gives you a, 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 a play. He says, do this. You're walking out to the field, and real quick on your, on your back, you get grabbed by the punter, and he says, hey, listen. I know this team. I've seen them before. And I want you to listen to me. I know I'm only the punter. I know I'm skinny. I got skinny legs. Okay? But I want you to listen to me. I know this team. I want you to change the play. I don't want you to listen to what the coach said. Listen to me. I've seen them before. And so you're walking out and you're like, whoa, man. Ooh, what should I do? Oh, this is scary. I'm scared. Should I change it? Get down in position. You hike the ball, and you've chosen to go with the punter's play rather than the coach's play. And what ends up is you mess everything up over one 
How long does a play last? 30 seconds? Maybe 45? In 30 seconds, you've ruined everything that you fought for that entire game. Does that make sense to anybody? Is this preaching to anybody? Be careful who you listen to. Because who you listen to will influence where you end up. What team do you want to be on? What team do you want to be on? Is God's team really the team you want to be on? Let me, let me tell you this. In sports, you have to be picked to be on a team, okay? You have to be chosen. You can't go out and be like, I want to be on the Ravens. And then the next thing, you're on the Ravens. It just doesn't happen like that. The coach has to want you on his team. You can't just walk and be like, yeah, I'm going to play on your team today, okay? <laughs> Name Zay. Throw to me. I'm going to be far right. Just throw to me. I'm going to, I'm going to nail this. It just doesn't happen like that. What happens? you got to be looked at. They have to do some tests on you. They have to watch you. They have to see how you play to see if you get accepted into the team. Can I tell you, oh, this is going to be good. Can I tell you that you don't have to be looked at, you don't have to be scouted on, you don't have to be watched at for talent level, wherever you are at is good enough for God. And God wants to take you where you're at and he wants to put you in position right away and say, I'm going to use you if you will just follow me, drop your nets, don't drop them, keep them so that you have your testimony, but let's walk along and follow me, start to learn and imitate who I am, therefore you will become like me. God chose you way before you chose him. That was good, Susie, right there. Let's clap all together right now. Susie started it. You're way greater than you think you are. God knows who you are. He created you for a purpose. He puts you in position for a reason. He has brought you here and now for where you are headed. God doesn't mess up. He never has messed up. You are selected for his team. If you will give him full control, he will pour out and show up in areas that you never thought he could show up in. The power of team is so important. If you will get on God's team fully, and say, God, I, I give everything to you. All that I am. Lord, you can take me, mold me, shape me, make me into whatever it is you have for my future. God will show up. God will show up. Go ahead, say that. God will show up. In your weakest moment, God will show up. When you don't think you can go any further, God will show up. When you think you're done, your coach, Jesus, is going to show up. And he's going to say, hey, listen, 
You got it in you. You got one more play. Come on, let's go for it. I promise you there's going to be a touchdown at the end of this one. Come on, baby. Give me all that you got. You can do this if you'll give me everything. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about what you just did. Lay it down at my feet and let's move forward. Where you are at is not where you could be. So let's go and let's go together. Mirror my image. Follow me. Imitate me. Watch what I do. Do it too. Read my book. Learn more about me. Praise me when you don't want to. Praise me when your praises are bouncing off the ceiling. Anybody ever have those moments where your praises are bouncing off the ceiling and you're like, God, I know you are not listening to me right now because I feel them bouncing right back at my face. It's in those moments. It's in those moments. It's in the last quarter when you have to make this play to be able to win the game. It's in that moment when you're on the front fighting lines of battle and you look over. We were just watching, last night we were watching Mulan. So good! The Huns. The Huns are the ugliest people I have ever seen in my life. Wow! What an epic moment. They're down to a few fighting men. And over the mountain comes the lead Hun. They've wasted all cannons on blasting into the abyss. And the lead Hun comes up. Anybody ever seen Mulan? Such a good movie. I am reliving my childhood right now. The last night I was watching it, and the lead Hun comes up over the mountain, and they're, they're sitting there, and they have one cannon left. And it's a dragon face cannon. They're so cool. I don't know where you get dragon face cannons, but I want one. They have one left. The lead hun comes up on top of the mountain. And all of a sudden, you start to hear the roars of the enemy. You can't see them yet, but you can hear them. And that's where most of us fail because we started to hear the enemy and we give up before we even see the enemy. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the entire mountainside starts to fill with evil-looking Huns on scary, red-eyed horses, okay? They're on steroids, I know it. The enemy is, is it's literally peeling over the mountain right now. There's thousands of men, and they have one cannon and nine men, and the captain looks at them and says, men, we will die proud. I'm making a point out of a Disney movie right now. And what happens? Mulan. So good. Love her. She's good. She's got a fighting chance. She starts to think, we are going to die if I don't step in. Because one cannon and nine guys ain't going to kill thousands of men. So she starts to get a little smart. She's like, oh, this is it. This is going down. She grabs that cannon, yanks it out of the guy's arm, and starts to take off toward the enemy. Oh, what? Are you stupid or are you dumb? The captain's like, move on! Get back here! She has one goal in mind. Get to the destination that I know that I can get to. Run as hard as I can run. Get there and light this thing off, and there will be success. She's running. 
She's running. The men are coming at her. She doesn't care. She gets up to that moment. She drops down on the ground, drops the cannon in, can't light it, grabs the dragon, lights it off. This is good. This is good. What happens? The cannon hits the mountainside. The mountainside creates snowfall. All of a sudden, there's an avalanche that wipes out thousands of men. And I thought, I know, I know. You know, sometimes God speaks to you in the craziest moments. I already had everything ready and prepared, but last night I was like, dude, this is, this is gold. God, you're, you're in this. He's in Disney movies. And God said, hey, if you'll go after it with all that you are, then I will wash white as snow everything that you thought was going to hinder you. Everything that you thought was going to take you out, everything that you thought was going to take you down, it is not going to. If you will run at it and say, how dare you wake me up this morning? You should have taken me out in my sleep. I was up, dude, almost every night this week. Three, four, five a.m. I was like, come on. This is crazy. But I couldn't get out of my mind what was going to happen today and the lives that were going to be changed today because of what God wanted to say. And if you're here today, you need to hear me on this. The enemy does not have a fighting chance. You do. And whatever you're going through, come on, you need to stand up in this place. You're not getting rowdy enough. Let's go. Come on. Stand up. you got to feel this right now because the enemy wants you to be beat down. The enemy wants you to be taken out. But, but, there's that word, but, so everything I just said was eliminated. But, Somebody needs to say but right now. Go ahead, say but. Your mama never let you say it growing up. You can say it now. Say but. 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 You're eliminated, enemy. But God prevailed. But the whitest snow has washed clear everything of my past. So it's not going to come back to haunt me anymore. The enemy that thought he was the enemy that was going to wipe me out is the enemy that is now going to be snuffed out. Every hand raised around this place. Come on. Come on. God wants you on his team today. You've been fighting it. You've been fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. God says, hey, give it to me. Listen to me. Put yourself in position to receive from me prayer, praise, persistence. Come on, we got to have a little bit of persistence. Come on, we got to be made great. We are not great, but he is, and he can make you great. Today's your day. The past is no more. The future is all in front of you. Come on, pray a, pray a dangerous prayer right now. Come on, pray a dangerous prayer. Pray something that you've been believing for. Pray for God to open a door right now that you've been believing for that Maybe you've been questioning lately. God, are you ever going to step in? Are you ever going to open this door? God wants you to know today, you be persistent. You pray. You praise. You be persistent. I'm going to show up in my timing. I'm going to show up in the perfect timing. God's timing. Jesus, right now, do it in your name. Do it in your name, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. You are so good. When God picked his team, when Jesus picked his team, he picked the nobodies. Come on.
Come on, he picked the nobodies. That means he wants you, and that means he wants me. And today he's calling us for greatness. He's calling us to stand up, to step out, and to rise up so that he can use us in ways that he's never been able to use us before. He's going to pour blessing out on your life, on your home, on your family, because we are rising up and taking on the enemy and saying, no more. No more.